The man in charge of sonic motivation for players. DJ extraordinaire. The official DJ of your Edmonton Oilers. For the NHL hub. DJ for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of the World Junior Hockey Championship. John Hicks. John Hicks. John Hicks, a.k.a. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. A shout out to DJ Infamous in the building at Rogers Place, keeping the energy up. Yep. Welcome to Between Whistles with your host, Johnny Infamous. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Presented by DraftKings. This week is jam-packed with ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Assemble your team lineup while staying under the salary cap, then sit back and watch your points pile up. Over $7 billion has been paid out to users across all sports. Download the DraftKings app, sign up using code THPN, and get a free entry with your first deposit. Minimum $5 required. Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Johnny. What's up? And as always, you guys rock for tuning in every week and downloading the show via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you want to see the people you're hearing on the show every week, be sure to get over to YouTube and search for the show to get a glimpse of our beautiful faces. This Monday, March 8th, is International Women's Day, and my guest today is one of the most talented females within the sports entertainment industry. Uh, She also has big insight into the league's playoff bubble that took place in Toronto. She's been a stage manager for numerous NHL events, including the Winter Classic, several All-Star Games. She was game director in the Eastern Hub Bubble during the NHL's return to play in late 2020, and she currently presides as manager of game presentation for the Toronto Maple Leafs. She is Taylor Dean. Welcome to Between Whistles. Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) So Taylor, uh, right off the bat, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? And where'd you develop an interest in uh, sports entertainment, event coordination, uh, game presentation? So I'm from Caledon, Ontario. I grew up on a dairy farm there, but uh, always was a Leafs fan. Um, And when I finished high school, I went to Brock uh, University. And I think I wanted to be like a sports journalist or um, a player agent or something like that. And when I finished school, I went there for communications and sports management. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do after those four years. So then I went to George Brown um, and I did a postgrad there in sport and event marketing. And I really enjoyed the event side of things. While I was starting George Brown in my postgrad, I also simultaneously started on the game crew with the Maple Leafs. Like the moment I walked into the arena and was able to like take in the whole entertainment, I was, this is what I want to do. And it was just, this is my career and this is the, the path I'm going to take. Very fortunate along the way to get those opportunities and have those doors open for me. And it's been a wild, I guess now 12 years. This is my 12th season with the Leafs. I mean, and you've done so much when those doors opened, you ran through them. I mean, your first big gig for the NHL was working as stage manager for the 2012 All-Star Game in Ottawa. Uh, Do you remember what it felt like that first experience being involved so closely with the game from a production standpoint? We we do a pretty good show at the Leafs, but when going to All-Star, just seeing the magnitude of everything, all of the moving parts, if you look at the production itself, just like the different screens and lighting and, and elements that are just for this one weekend event, is it's pretty cool. And I remember being not overwhelmed, but like in awe of everything that goes into it. I was very lucky to have two women that I was working with um, on the stage management team kind of guide me through a lot of stuff. And 
I mean, I have a nickname now that still exists. They call me the kid, the Sundance kid, because I think I was turning like 25. All Stars always my my birthday weekend. And so they taught me so much in those few days that I was there. And I've been very lucky to to keep them both as uh, mentors and, and colleagues in, in various facets of this crazy stage management world we live in. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was huge. Ottawa was cool. I mean, I felt like I was behind enemy lines. I didn't tell the uh, ice crew for a while that I was from Toronto until I thought maybe they liked me. And then I was like, I work for the Leafs. And they were like, oh, gross. But uh, no, we, we had a really good time. I remember um, having uh, a really funny encounter with uh, Steve Mayer uh, with the NHL. He was with IMG at the time and trying to get Ron McLean off the ice. They were doing a live hit and he's like, skate, Taylor, you're fast, get them off. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was wicked. And it was a really great opportunity that opened a lot of doors for me. Uh, you were also stage manager for the 2014 Winter Classic. And folks uh, who are Leafs fans will remember what a game this was. Uh, the visiting Leafs beat the Red Wings in a shootout in Detroit to move past them in the standings in the Atlantic Division. And it was also a big night because it set an attendance record at the time of almost 106,000 people. Tell us a bit about that experience. Uh, it was a very long day. I was staying um, in downtown Detroit and we had to drive out to Ann Arbor and there was a crazy snowstorm. And I got there and it, I felt terrible for the guys maintaining the ice because it was just shoveling and man labor the whole time. Like, And it was cold. I was outside for about nine hours straight. It, again, like such an incredibly uh, spectacular venue to be at. So outdoor hockey with the snow falling and it goes to shoot out and they had that really great aerial cam that followed in behind and Tyler Bozak got the winner for us that, that game. Leafs win the winter classic at the big house. Big day for everyone in hockey. Here's Dion Phaneuf, the captain of the Leafs, with Scott. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Dion, what a couple of days for you. The contract extension, a big goal in the Winter Classic. Uh, how tough was it to come from behind in conditions like these? Oh, it was just, it was a great experience. Uh, something that I'll never forget. Uh, it's a big two points for our team, and it kind of, it was kind of fitting. Goes down to a shootout in, in such a special game. The, the fans were unbelievable. The weather's obviously. Uh, with the snow makes it difficult, but it was a lot of fun to be a part of it. I'll never forget uh, Dion Phaneuf was our captain and he was doing a post-game presentation that I was helping him with. He's like just standing there and he's jumping up and down. He's like, I'm so cold. But he loved it. I remember him just like looking around. He's like, this is bleeping fantastic. <laughs> it was an incredible venue to work in. Uh, the people at Michigan were incredible too. And um, I was, again, very fortunate John Baccaro at the league um, was able to bring me in and have me be a part of it. And it was like a bucket list item for sure. Well, John, Steve, the league, they, they all noticed your incredible work by now because I mean, you've done every all-star game since then, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, San Jose, so many reps at so many huge NHL fan events. Is there one that stands out uh, either as the one you had the most fun at, or maybe one that was a little bit challenging? There have been some challenging ones. I know like when we did, I think it was Tampa, we had some production issues with like there was a motor that stopped working on one of the screens that we flew in and so we had to delay um, the intermissions but I think one of the biggest um, pivots that seems to be a very 2020 word mm -hmm. um, 
but one of the pivots that I think it was kind of a, a really cool one where it was kind of a uh, situation into a, a really cool one was when we did um, LA's all-star game and the talent that was supposed to sing the American anthem wasn't able to anymore that morning. And um, one of the members of the skate team was able to come in and sing the American anthem. And this girl went in cold, didn't have a sound check or anything. Like we just didn't have time. I think we were giving her a jersey to wear during the warm up for the game. Moments ago, a member of Fifth Harmony fell ill. Incredibly, a member of your LA Kings ice crew is available to sing the United States national anthem. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Courtney Daniels. She nailed it. It was it was incredible. And um, I was with the players on the ice and I was fairly close to Carrie Price at the time. We kind of like turned his head around and he's like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of the nature of our industry. You know, like you've got all these great plans that you've you've laid out and all these um, processes and, and then things that you're trying to do. But it's live events and like you can't always dictate that narrative. And so you have to be able to adapt and jive and, and kind of work with what you've got. And um, again, having so many great minds in one place, you're, you're able to put something really cool together. Yeah, it's one of the most interesting things about our industry. And, you know, All-Star Games combined with the Skills Comp, these are just about as fan-friendly events as you can get. And now we're living, you know, in Bizarro World. What have you done lately to pivot and connect more uh with the fans in the age of covid and in an empty arena with the leafs you know we're working on different ways that we can make them feel like they're a part of it not just for for fans but also for our players to see you know like everybody's watching at home we've got this great tech that we've brought in this year um with tag board where you know we're able to show social engagements that are happening on like twitter and instagram um and show it up on the board so that our players are able to see you know We've got people watching at home. Um, I think social, our social team has done a really good job making those opportunities available to our fans. And, you know, whether or not it's behind the scenes stories that are happening with our players that is then being translated into series that you can watch online and stream. Um, I think there's just as much as you can do to engage in this, this no fan situation. I mean, I, I hate not having the fans only because you rely on them, you know, like you feed off their energy as, as a game director. Um, and I'm sure as players you do too, you know, maybe this song's not working. So you want to switch it up and you're only able to feel that with 20,000 people in the building. So um, hopefully we can get them all back in sooner rather than later. It is an eerie experience now when a goal is scored in an NHL arena. And and speaking of COVID and the return to play, your role in the Eastern Hub bubble uh, during the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs uh, was working with the NHL's production team, uh, overseeing a ton of in-game elements to make each matchup kind of feel like they were kind of taking place in that home team's arena. This was a whole new animal for everyone involved, including yourself. Uh, tell us a bit how you got through that marathon of games and what that experience was like? 
it was an incredible experience. I think those first few games, um, when we did, I think they were the exhibition games we ran without crowd noise and just how um, strange that was. And so then we were able to bring in what the broadcast was um, putting out on their feed. We were able to bring into the arena and that made it seem a little bit more normal. I kept imagining I was, I was very fortunate enough to have the Leafs play where I was. And you know, that, that show is something that, that we've all worked on, on our team to, to bring to a certain personality. And um, I think I wanted to be able to, for those other 11 teams that were coming to Toronto and, and being in our hub, I wanted to do them the justice that I would want my show to have if it were to go somewhere. There's so many little intricacies and elements that create that character of your your show um, and how it relates to your players and your fans, traditions, rituals, those sorts of things. And, you know, like I wanted to be able to do that for for my counterparts and, and for their fan bases too. And was not I wouldn't say pressure necessarily, but it was it was a big undertaking to hit those things as accurately as you could. Uh, during the bubble, you also got to witness the fourth longest overtime stretch in league history. This is something we all remember. 90 minutes, 27 seconds of extra play between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. What was the feeling amongst the staff as this was taking place? I think we all just thought, let's just see how far we can go with this. We started to have a bit of fun with it, as as you naturally do. I, I, mm. I don't know that we got necessarily loopy. We were very fortunate that this was one of the earlier midday games that extended into the evening, as opposed to an evening game that extended into the wee hours of the morning. And yeah, I mean, like it was it was cool to be a part of. Maybe in, in the moment, I was like, oh, gosh, another overtime. But now I like look back and I was like, that maybe was my favorite game. Second favorite game. I, I really enjoyed the Leafs overtime winner against Columbus. but <laughs> That was a great one as well. And I mean, during this uh, game, we all got a kick out of the sayings that were being displayed uh, during the overtimes. Like, uh, we're sorry if you had other plans tonight, etc. Did you have a hand in some of those funny anecdotes that we saw on the scoreboard? Yeah, some of them. Um, I think... Renee Riva, and, uh, Rachel Seagal and I, we were all on headset and talking with our production team as well. And we were, we were just kind of joking. And I had said something to the girls. I was like, still overtime. And then they're like, oh, we should put this on the side screens. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling. And, you know, like we did some funny things with music, which you can appreciate um, playing some songs about time. And we even got like we had we had so many of those sayings in the canon ready to go. We could have gone all night. <laughs> It was pretty funny to watch. Um, You mentioned Renee Riva, director with the NHL. Uh, It's awesome to see so many females in leadership roles throughout sports and the NHL in particular. There's lots of women at the helm now of in-game shows around the league. Uh, Tina DeVillo with the Flyers, Emily Knight, of course, uh, near you with the Senators, Liz Bauer at the Preds. Are there any women in sports who were a mentor for you when you were getting started who are currently a source of inspiration? Yeah, um, two really stick out to me. One is uh, Aaron, who at the time was with the Detroit Red Wings and then moved on to the the Vegas Golden Knights and was there for their inaugural season and and a few after. Um, And then Brooklyn Boyers, who was with the LA Kings. Um, When I first kind of started in the industry, they were, I think, the only two that were calling shows. And I had gone to a conference and, and been able to meet them. And then I worked a little bit with Aaron in Detroit, very, very small amount. But I remember how in control they seemed and um, their creativity and their genius and their expertise and and the way that people trusted them and 
we're empowered by them. I think, you know, you look at leadership and those are qualities that you that you look for in any person. Those two in particular really stood out in, in our industry. I've had lots of really great female mentors through my career. Uh, I've always loved working with them and uh, being able to learn from them as well. I know there are going to be women out there listening to you today on the show uh, who are looking to work in sports and sports entertainment, and they're looking for a source of inspiration as well. Do you have any tips or words of encouragement? To be your authentic self. You know, like at the end of the day, I don't think that uh, your gender should matter. You know, if you're a creative person, you lean on that creativity and that should speak for you. And you shouldn't change your uh, mentality or your approach about things because of your gender. And I've been very fortunate in my life where I don't know if it's because I kind of grew up a little bit of a quote unquote tomboy and I I always just kind of like played with the guys. But I think a lot of that also was I was just always me. You know, this is what you get. (laughs) Um, And I haven't changed that for anybody and and I don't ever plan to. And I think that that's probably the most important things for especially young women who are coming into the industry. You know, like you have gifts and talents that are particular to you. And that's the reason why you're going to be able to get into positions, not because you morph yourself um, to be what you think people want you to be. Taylor, I heard you had a chance to uh, meet with royalty once in the six. Yes, I was uh, working with Prince Harry during the Invictus Games. I'm a huge Royals nerd, a massive Royals nerd. And uh, Jen Stein asked me if I wanted to come and work this Invictus event. And I don't think I really fully knew exactly what I was going to be doing. And she was like, and we'll have you working with Harry. And I was like, Harry would just must be like some audio guy or whatever. And then she elaborated on it later that it was indeed Prince Harry. And so I had to contain and put on my professional hat. Um, and, you know, like you have like etiquette that you have to follow when you engage with a royal. And um, I think I did a pretty good job. But when I first met him, you know, you have to curtsy and address him as your royal highness and extend your hand or whatever. And he was like, and, and what's your name? I'm like, I'm Taylor. I'll be your stage manager. And he goes, well, Taylor, you can call me Harry. And I kind of like turned to the Kensington Palace people and people in charge. And I'm like, they said, I'm supposed to call you, sir. And he goes, you can call me Harry. And I must have just gone beat red. And he was so lovely. Um, and at the end of the day, I just kind of like turned around to the girls. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> um, my favorite part about it though, was like a few weeks after there were all these rumors about how he was dating a girl in Toronto and everyone's like, is it you? Is it you? And I'm like, do you really think I could keep that a secret? Like, um, no. And it turned out to be Meghan Markle. And I mean, that, that turned into something. So, I mean, <laughs> good for them. It could have been me. <laughs> well, the Leafs have been having a heck of a year so far. You guys are currently sitting atop the Canadian division should make for some uh, great times and fun to be had in the postseason. However, that looks this year with or without fans uh, for you and your team. I wish you guys the best moving forward. Thanks so much for joining us today, Taylor. Thank you for having me. My thanks again to Taylor Dean, my guest today on Between Whistles. Don't forget, Monday, March 8th is International Women's Day. Find a way to support women in any way you can. I'll be supporting a local charity, the Alberta Council of Women's Shelters, who believes in a world free from domestic violence and abuse. You can learn more at acws.ca. Go there now. Lots of games in the NHL tonight. Isn't there every night? These new divisions, I love them. Capitals and Bruins, Blues and Ducks, Coyotes and Kings, Avalanche and Sharks. Wild taking on the Golden Knights and the third of a three-game header. The Edmonton Oilers taking on the Maple Leafs right here in Edmonton. 
reminder to support the Hockey Podcast Network. Go to at Hockey Podcast Net on Twitter and give them a follow. And if you want to say something to me as well, hit me up on my account at Johnny Infamous. Be good to each other. I'll see you next week. Join Johnny Infamous every Wednesday at noon for Between Listens. Subscribe and watch live on YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Presented by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN to unlock rewards at DraftKings.com.